Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Dr. Ed Mazza filling in for Jesse today. Dr. Ed, thanks for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Always a pleasure. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, brother. We've been going back for decades together. We've been getting old together. So it's uh, in and basically evangelizing people with the good and the saving graces of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Ed, t- today we're going to be talking about, uh, this is sad, bishops, the German bishops are asking priests to bless homosexual unions, and they cite Pope Francis and the Sadatal Way. So, you know, uh, and I, I can see why he's saying it, but I happen to disagree, because I like the Jesus way, where it says repent and believe in the gospel. That's the one I follow. All right. And then we're also going to be talking a little bit about what we call the history of how popes are elected. And Ed, that's right up your alley because of your history PhD and, and knowing about church history really helps us understand the future, I believe. So we'll get into that and much, much more. Also, good to know files, Ed. I think I mentioned this, that and I'm really proud of the Notre Dame students that are protesting the drag show by praying the rosary and attending Eucharistic adoration. These kids, 200 of them, picture this, everybody. We see the Notre Dame that used to be Catholic. Don't send your kids to Notre Dame anymore, please. That used to be Catholic. It's not Catholic now. And I see pictures of these young men folding their hands in prayer with their rosaries with the girls. And they're taking a stand. And I have to commend them as an old guy now. Because I did that when I was young. But you know what, Ed? When I would go out and protest like that, there wasn't anybody else out there. Yep. It was just a couple people praying. So I, I really commend them for going back and to the chapel and having adoration and the benediction. And boy, that, that makes sense. Also, Ed, this is a good to know file. I met this U.S. apostolic nuncio. He's the one who was named after Archbishop, um, um, who, and, and let's see, I'm sorry. The Archbishop before the nuncio of, of uh, the, the um, Italian, he was a Frenchman. He's now uh, getting blowback for slamming the cassock and the traditional Latin mass. And uh, the challenge is, Vigano was the Arch- Arch- U.S. Apostolic Nuncio before him. That's what I couldn't think of. So this, mm. this man, I met him, and he's, he's 77 years old, and uh, he doesn't like the Latin mass. Well, that's fine. Don't go. But don't, <laughs> don't make fun of people who have had a real positive a, a Jesus experience in going to mass and worshiping God. I mean, for a thousand years or more, people have been doing that. So to make to ridicule someone like that seems really inappropriate at best. Also, another uh, need-to-know file. A male cyclist takes first place at the women's race in Massachusetts. Really, Ed? I mean, we can't figure out you shouldn't have a male He's riding his bike against girls. That's how far it's gone. And then I got one little story about Archbishop Vigano. He said this, and I, I think he's spot on. He said, every saint and doctor of the church would stand against today's Vatican. And why? Because they've lost the what I call the deposit of faith. They've gone into their own preferences, and the saints have all stuck to what Jesus Christ taught. And we see now inside the Vatican, very carefully being orchestrated, a, a way of, that doesn't preach what Jesus preached at the beginning of his ministry, repent and believe in the gospel. We're more, walk along with me, and I won't, you know, you, you be okay and I'm okay. But that's not 
the gospel that Jesus passed on to his successor. So we have to pray for our leaders. Also, Ed, before we get into the gospel, we have the 2024 Spiritual Warfare Conference with Father Chad Ripperger, Dr. Dan Schneider, Kyle Clements, Jess Romero. I'll be there. And we're doing a fundraiser on, on November 10th. And what we're doing is we're going to be auctioning off things like the big picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe that's about four or five feet high. We've got a, a blanket of Our Lady. Uh, you can get a sneak pre- pre- preview by coming November 10th at 6.30. We're going to show a 15-part documentary featuring Jesse Romero interviewing the Liberal Crystal team online. So nobody's seen this except if you can come, you're welcome to to get that. We've got lots of giveaways it's a fundraiser. It's you know, we're, and also the way to do it is go to vmpr.org, and you'll see that we've got this fundraiser on Friday. So we appreciate the support. All right, let's get the the good news of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, in our soul. Uh, Ed, I decided to do the first reading at today's Mass from Romans because Romans is a book. I tell you, it's hard hitting. Yep. Hard hitting. Here's what it is: Romans chapter twelve. Verse 5 to 16. Brothers and sisters, we, though many, are one body in Christ and individual parts of one another, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us exercise them, if prophecy, in proportion to the faith, if ministry, in ministering, if one is a teacher like Dr. Ed, in teaching. If one exhorts, in exhortation. If one contributes, in generosity. If one is over others with diligence. If one does act out of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be sincere. I love this last line here. There's one that says, hate what is evil. Yeah, see, we have an obligation to hate what is evil. Hold on to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. And what advice? Anticipate one another in showing honor. Do not grow slack in zeal. Don't let your fires go out, right? Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Endure in affliction. Wow, endure in infliction. We all have inflictions. Endure. And then the great advice, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the holy ones. Exercise hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. It's right from Matthew chapter 5, too. Right? The Beatitudes. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Have the same regard for one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Ah, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to now, God. Ed, when I read that reading that this morning, and I, I went to church and prayed hour for my holy hour and I pray always the readings when I read these things I just look at them I go wow if only we would get back to a world biblical view in our church and I mean that because we don't enough get into the scriptures we keep talking about walking with people and 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 you know you're hearing their journey I'm all for you know talking to people but you know what there's a purpose for that talk and the purpose is to get them to know Jesus Christ and repent of their sins. Because I have a Fulton Sheen quote who has something that says just what Romans is saying, it's, and that's what we need to do. So that that's my take on the Scriptures. Your thoughts before I go to Bishop Sheen, Ed, about the Scriptures today? 
Anything okay? Uh, yeah, uh, our Lord yes. walked on the road to Emmaus yes. with the two dis with the two disciples, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, what was that all and about? Okay, go ahead. He was listening, mm -hmm. but then he turns around and, and tells them <laughs> when they're wrong. Exactly. Uh, how foolish and slow you guys are to believe everything that was revealed in the scriptures. See, there you go. That reminds that is such a good quote for us today. And you know, one of the the uh, president of the bishops' conference. Um, He's a military archbishop, Magloglio, that's his name. He said in an interview last week about the senatorial process, he said, I just wish we would have used the Bible for in our sources. And I thought, well, he nailed it. You know, this is what we call revelation. See, I always with the Bible over the German bishops conference yeah, myself. Yeah, good, good idea. Strange yeah. that way. Last time I looked, I do too. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Payne. Here, here he comes, and see if this doesn't, uh, it's about uh, bravery. He says, it takes a brave man to look into the mirror of his own soul to see written there a disfigurement caused by his own sin. You know, Ed, this is what we should have read at that senatorial process, and I'll tell you why. We are, are living right now in times where everybody thinks they're immaculately conceived. You see, they don't, this examination of conscience that the church has taught us for thousand years or more that we're supposed to make, it's because we're all sinners. And I think we need to hear that more often, and we don't hear it enough. So I thank Bishop Sheen to say that. Look at yourself and see, you know, that. Also, before we break, I just want to give a quote from Pope Pius X. He said, how I, how I tremble to think that souls can be punished for all eternity on the account of the negligence of their pastor. Their innocent people can be led from the path of truth because the words of the inspired text, meaning the Bible, were never preached to them. And that the spirit of the world and of the, our time especially should be poured into the ill-instructed minds for want of a firm hand to check its tide. I have a sacred duty. This is all bishops, all popes, to defend the truth and openly, for God will ask me to render an account for all those souls who have strayed into the way of perdition. And that statement right there was a hundred years ago or more. I, I, I just keep saying this. God is not going to rewrite the Bible for this generation of ours. Stop trying to change scripture, Father Martin when it was written to change you and others who want to take out the moral teachings of the Bible and have a worldly view. we got to go back to a biblical worldview. That's my take. Dr. Ed Mazza sitting in for Jesse. We're going to come back and talk about the German bishop. Are you ready? Oh, my God. Ask priests to bless homosexual unions, and he's citing Pope Francis and the Senate away. And you know what? He's got a point. I just don't agree with the results. I have to have that biblical worldview that says sin is sin. You can't bless sin. Stay with us, family. We'll be back at a short break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Dr. Ed Mazza sitting in for Jess Romero. And we are just blessed. We're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Dr. Ed, Terry Barber, we'd be billionaires. Dr. Ed, before we get into the topic, 
my secretary just in the break said, hey, we can show you the pictures of those auctioneer items. So maybe, Mr. Engineer, can you show the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe there? Yeah, there it is. And the blanket. Folks, those are the ones that we're auctioning off. And again, if you go to vmpr.org, you can see how you can preview that. It's our fundraiser, November 10th. And if you just want to make a donation, you can also call us at 877-526-2151. But some of the gifts that we're auctioning off are, how would you like to have dinner with Father Chad Ripperger? <laughs> what? How can you? Yeah, there's just so many of those things. I'm going to tease you. Go to the website. Take a look at all the things that we're auctioning off. And uh, I think uh, it would be grateful for you to do that. So I thank you so much. All right. Now, I want to shift gears into... The German bishops, priests, I should say, the German bishop asking priests to bless homosexual unions. And again, he was citing Pope Francis. So Bishop Karl Heinz, once man of Spire, encouraged pastors to conduct blessings of homosexuals and other sinful relationships, like, you know, living together. We call it adultery, fornication, things like that. He said that no one has to fear any kind of sanction for doing it in his diocese. Really? Hmm. You know, Ed, before I get into this, that bishop made a promise when he was ordained as a priest that he would <clears throat> he would proclaim the deposit of faith. That's part of the process of a being ordained. That's and right. out of charity, you and I don't know him from Adam. But, you know, I care for this man's soul enough to pray for him and to call him out and say, look, Father, Bishop, you, you got to keep your promise before God and preach the deposit of faith. So he gave a November 2nd letter <clears throat> to the clergy <clears throat> and the staff of his diocese, and the bishops invoked a German senate away, which, by the way, voted 93% in favor of sex, same-sex blessings, together with other heterodox practices. He invoked Pope Francis' statement that said, Who am I to judge? You remember that statement years ago? Even though when he said that, if you read the whole thing, that you know, for those who um, will... Uh, live a, a holy life, which would imply repentance, but that's not what they heard. So you got to be careful how you say things. Uh, together with, okay, so uh, here's the point. Claiming an urgency, he said to the same-sex unions, he wrote, both regards to believers whose marriages have broken down and who have remarried, especially with regard to same-sex orientated people. He said, this is a pastoral attitude inspired by the gospel. Nonsense, Ed. Nonsense. The gospel, just the, uh, what gospel are you reading, man? You know, what happened with the woman at the well? No, this is uh, sad that a successor of the apostle, he's calling to overturn Catholic teaching on homosexuality. And you know, Ed, I'm going to turn it to you for a second because we'll read more of this. He's not going to get an invite from the Vatican to come over and do an investigation in his diocese, but our good friend Bishop Joseph Strickland will for teaching orthodoxy. That's my concern. Ed, um, I'm going to get into the history of uh, the papal elections and things like that, but I want to get your take. This policy that he's making and saying nobody's going to get in trouble to do it, he's, he's, um, he's affirming that no one who has conducted these has fear for sanctions for, for doing this. So in other words, Ed, this is my take. He's basically saying this, that, with, that pastors cannot who can't reconcile blessing with your conscience and understanding of the faith, but he also instructed them to refer couples to ask for a blessing in this diocese. So basically, 
He's saying, your truth, if you don't believe this is true, don't worry about it. Send it to somebody that does. Do you see how it's an irony to say, I have my truth, you have your truth, when in fact, are you ready for this, Ed? This is my line, and I love this line. I've used this for a long, long time, and that is truth is not something we invent, Bishop. It's something we discover, and we discover that in the Word of God. So don't tell me that your truth. And here's the challenge, Ed. The bishop announced that he's established a special mediation office in his diocese to deal with these uh, blessings. And this is something that wasn't that long ago, two years ago, the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith condemned same-sex blessings. You can't bless sin. But you see, it's changing. Why? We have to dialogue on this, Ed. And I'm tired of this dialogue approach because what happens is they beat people down with dialogue and it has nothing to do with truth. Your thoughts? Well, you know, Terry, uh, we have to stand up for the truth. Oh, we... it, was, it, it was exactly 30 years ago this fall that Pope John Paul II, right over my yeah. shoulder here, released uh, the splendor Veritatis of the splendor. truth. Yep. Yep. Veritatis Splendor. Yep. I encourage everyone to read that encyclical yeah. because in there he exposes he does this false approach to truth that's being pushed by francesco and all his henchmen mm -hmm. i agree now ed one of the reports that came out of rome over the weekend and i know you knew about it that's uh, saying that um uh that the holy father is going to change the papal conclaves in the future with involving lay people, women, men. In other words, it, it fits with this synodal, synodal process. He said he wants this in all areas of the church. And so the the Cardinal Verlanda uh, expressed, he denied the veracity of these recent reports about this involvement uh, in plans to change the future papal conclaves. Uh, but there's been lots of meetings going on with him and the Pope and uh, two two sources, the Pillar and the Remnant, said that their sources are showing that this is being considered. But you know, Ed, that brings up a topic to me, and that is, well, how did we, how in the world did we pick popes in the early church, Middle Ages? Can you, I know we can't do it in this, this segment, but continue on. Give us a little back. Oh, be, before I get that background, Ed, I'm sorry, I want people to know how they can take classes with you. Could you give us a website, and then tell us a little a bit about what you're doing to educate people to fall deeper in love with Jesus. Yeah, it's my first name, my last name, uh, .com, edmundmaza.com. Yep. And tonight we're beginning uh, an 11-week course, Romans, Christians, Barbarians. Wow. In, in fact, tonight we're going to cover the destruction of Jerusalem, as our Lord predicted. Yeah. Uh, the... Uh, the Christians at Pompeii, wow. you know, the city that was destroyed by sure. Vesuvius. Yes. We're going to look at how the gospel spread in, uh, amongst the New World Order <laughs> uh, 2,000 years ago and brought about, ultimately brought about Christendom. Tomorrow night, we're going to begin with uh, Dante's Inferno. Oh, boy. We're going to we're going to start with hell so that we don't end there. <laughs> I love it. As, uh, <laughs> as uh, Father Carapi yeah, uh, used I'm to gonna, say. Yeah, I, I, I love that. <laughs> Ed, so people can go to just Edmund, uh, 
edmaza.com. Sign up for the Ed, classes. Edmaza.com. Yeah, just sign up for the classes and you'll get a, a good education. Let's yep. talk about the papal history of how popes have been picked in 2,000 years. Give us an overview of that, please. Well, you know, it all goes back to St. Peter. Mm-hmm. And when Judas hung himself yep. and went to his uh, recompense, uh, Peter said that we need to fill that spot in the apostolic college. Right. And so throughout the centuries, there have been different ways of going about it. And the way that Peter said is that, you know, we, we, we need to, they, they had two good candidates, right? They had Matthias and I forget the other gentleman's name. Uh, and they said, let's cast lots. Right. So literally, you know, they, 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 they threw dice or they do drew straws, you know, they, they left the, and uh, Matthias was the one who was selected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're going to see as we go through church history is that there have been surprisingly a number of ways, uh, for example, of electing the, the Bishop of Rome. And uh, sometimes they can be a little scandalous, as in the case of what seems to be uh, Francis's proposition. Yeah. Hey, does nepotism also, not only on the papacy, but archbishops, we had some times where and nepotism where, you know, one family member controls things. And, and that, uh, they, they eventually got rejected, but it did happen. So we've had times, is that, is that a fair statement, where nepotism stepped in? Terry, at one dark period in papal history, yeah, a, 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 a pope yeah. actually had a, a, a child yep. with a, a noble woman, mm-hmm. and that child became a pope when I he read, grew up. Yep, yeah, yep. Uh, so there, there's been a lot of shenanigans, uh, although I will say that these bad popes of other centuries, they didn't mess with dogma. They didn't mess with the faith. Right. They, they were personally immoral, but and, uh, nothing and, like what we're seeing today. And then just on a quick note, because this, uh, this is a topic that's fascinating, I'm sure, to our listeners. John XXII had an idea about the saints not seeing the beatific vision, uh, and there was an argument over that, and he he, he was teaching that, but on his deathbed, he re- rejected it. Is that a fair statement? Because we've had popes who, in their personal teachings, have been way off on t- topics, but they've never really taught from the chair of Peter uh, the uh, their personal uh, ideas. Is there that- have been—you uh, can count them on your hand, okay. uh, the number of uh, kooky popes, yeah, let's sure. say, yeah. who— made some strange statements that yeah. don't don't seem to be reconcilable with catholic truth right and people spoke up uh, the king of france at yes. the time of 22nd said if you don't get your act together i'm going to come to rome and and we're going to straighten this out god bless him. uh so, god bless so but yes it is true on his deathbed he did recant That's what i read yeah uh, and his and the, his successor yes. actually established it as catholic doctrine but that's that, what it isn't yeah. that what happens when when a particular teaching is challenged the church like the council of trent came out with all these teachings that we needed to have isn't that the way the church teaches usually when it gets attacked yes. Exactly. It, it God permits evil in order to get a greater good go. out of it. That's where I was going with it. Thank you, Ed. Now, Ed, we are going to take a quick break, and then I want to get into the a, issue of papal conclaves. What did? How was it in the early church? How were the Middle Ages? And again, for some people, they would say this is embarrassing. You know what? It's it's the facts are the facts, but we know God uses uh, the human element. 
and the divine element together, that this is something that grace builds on nature, as St. Thomas teaches. And so I think when we come back from the break, you're going to get an education that uh, you might not get too often uh, hearing it in other places. But Dr. Ed uh, is very well versed on this topic. We talked about it yesterday, and I think you're going to enjoy that. Also, I want to mention this is the year-end time. Uh, Advent's coming up, Christ the King before that. Uh, if people want to donate uh, for the end of the year donations, call me. I want to thank you. You can call 877-526-2151 to call the office. I give my cell number out because I talk to people all day long. And it's 661-972-7872. Put your seatbelt on. Dr. Ed Maz is going to give us a history lesson in about 15 or 20 minutes that you won't forget. You'll say, wow, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what I say whenever I talk to my good friend, Dr. Ed. The man's got, he's like an encyclopedia when it comes to Catholic history. Stay tuned, folks. You're in for a treat. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Dr. Ed Mazza sitting in. And don't forget, folks, in 30 minutes, America's famous Bishop Strickland will be on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I, I think you're going to enjoy the show. We, we've taken clips from his um, videos on Defending the Faith Conference in Tyler, Texas that I was at. You're going to see some neat ones. Dr. Ed, I promised our listeners <laughs> that they're going to get a short course on papal history of conclaves and how popes were picked. So I'm going to turn it over. I know you talked about the first pope, but what happened after that? Well, I'm just going to take 20 seconds to read a short paragraph to give folks an idea of just how hairy yeah. these things uh, could be. Sure. Uh, when Pope Paul died in 767, oh. uh, a nobleman named Toto yeah. <laughs> gathered an armed force and seized St. John Lateran. Really? Where he proclaimed his brother Constantine a pope. Oh my gosh. Uh, even though he was only a layperson. Yeah. And he basically forced three bishops into ordaining him a priest and then a bishop. Well, that's part of the process. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's hilarious. So that really happened? Uh, that you're not making that, really, that one up? No, no, I'm not making this up. And then funny. Uh, the people who were against him, they yeah. brought in the Lombards, who yeah. were the ruling barbarians at yeah. that time. Yes. Uh and then basically after a year after this happened, uh, the clergy got together and they elected Stephen III, who was a priest. Constantine, this false pope, yeah. was dragged from the Lateran, had his eyes gouged out, oh, and was imprisoned in a monastery. So there have been some pretty hairy uh, moments. If we in think the, it's uh, bad now, give me, give me a break. <laughs> I, 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 that's amazing. So tell us uh, more about how, yeah. how this so is in taking the, place. In the earliest times, mm -hmm. yes. it was the because the pope is, is simultaneously the head of the church and the bishop of the city of Rome, Correct. it was the people and the clergy of Rome who would elect the pope. Actually, they're, they're, the uh, Liber Pontificalis, one of the oldest uh, books that in church history, mm -hmm. says that Peter appointed his successors, Cletus and Linus, uh, Clement. But after that, it was the practice of the clergy and the people of Rome to elect a pope. For example, Pope Fabian, I believe that was in the 200s. Yes. He came. He just happened to be in Rome that day when they were holding this uh, election. Uh, and uh, a dove 
sat on his head or <laughs> sat on his shoulder. Oh my! God. And they said, "Okay, that's the man. We're going to make him pope." That's that is hilarious. Oh, this is almost and, too hard to believe, you know? Yes. What the main point I'm going to try to get at yes, here yeah. is that it, it it really doesn't the mechanism isn't so important mm -hmm. because it's actually not the people or the or the, or when the College of Cardinals gets created, we, we'll get to that. Yes. That 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 sort of makes the pope. It's Almighty God who actually makes the pope the pope. Right. It, it, this mechanism simply selects a man uh, and then he can accept or not accept. But when he accepts it, he's accepting it from Jesus Christ. He's not really. Uh, anyway, uh, let, let, let's get back to sure. uh, let's do the early church here. So um, now what began what began to happen is once uh, Constantine, the first, not the Constantine I was talking about before, but the Roman emperor Constantine, in the year of our Lord 312, once he becomes a Catholic and once the Roman Empire starts to become Christian, then uh, the, the emperors begin to play a role sometimes for, for, for ill or for good yeah. into who the, the Bishop of Rome ought to be. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the case from the 300s uh, all the way up until the, the goodness, the 700s wow. in terms of the Long story short, Constantine moved the capital of the empire from Rome to Constantinople in modern day Turkey. Mm -hmm. And so the Byzantine, we call him the Byzantine emperor in Turkey, mm -hmm. the successors of the Roman emperors, they used to have a role uh, in, in uh, giving, let's say, a final say to who the, the pope ought, ought to be, even though he was chosen by the, the people uh, the clergy and the people of Rome. Mm -hmm. But that, that was going to change when the... Uh, uh, when the when the Western Empire uh, broke away from the Eastern Empire during the the, the, the barbarian invasions and whatnot, uh, it the there was a dark period in, in church history in the uh, from basically from the late 800s mm -hmm. to the mid 1000s, where the no, the the nobles in the city of Rome uh, began to use the, the papacy as their own personal plaything. Yes. Uh, and, and they were trying and they were you know picking the popes and, and the not very worthy popes either. And then uh, what happened was in the in the 960s. Yes. The German king Otto uh, came down and he said, look, enough enough of this uh, allowing the Roman uh, mafia families yeah, to choose it. who the pope is. Uh, we're going to put good popes on the throne. And what that meant was sometimes the German emperors just picked the Pope and, and other times they used their influence to influence the elections. Mm -hmm. So um, if, if you and I could take a time machine and, and go back to this early, you know, these dark ages yes. in church history, we would be terribly scandalized. Oh, big time. But the Pope, but the, 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 the there's a basic principle in church history is that once a man is generally accepted as Pope, right. That sort of heals whatever defect there was in the election. Does that make sense? Yes, of course. Or, I've read or, that. Yes, I have seen yeah. that. Yes, read it. Now, I, I, now there's a couple of occasions when that won't work, and and if we have time, we can get into that sure. before the end of the show today. Mm -hmm. But as a general principle, that that seems to, seems to have been been the case. Um, but there have been times when when the when the clergy in Rome have actually attacked the Pope. Yeah, <laughs> there was a, a a Pope who had to run away from Rome, and he went to the emperor Charlemagne. Uh, this, uh, Charlemagne was the first German king who ruled over um, practically all of Europe. Yeah. And uh, he had to protect and shield this pope uh, from, from his own uh, Incredible. Uh, cardinals and advisors. Yeah. Uh, 
and 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 he was crowned Holy Roman Emperor by his name was I believe it was Leo the Leo the Fifth who who uh, crowned him a Holy Roman Emperor on Christmas Day in the year of our Lord eight hundred. Wow, you know, and when we see this rough history of our church, we got to continue to say, wow, it's got to be from God because if it was just from man. It would have stopped a long time ago. Really, think about that. And, you know, we've seen converts say that and say, you know what, you guys are so messed up, but you know what? I see God working here, and I want to come, even in spite of all the crummy things that I see inside the church. So don't be scandalized, folks, too much that when you hear this, because God uses this, because, let's be honest, Ed, this line that I use, God uses the weak to confound the strong. He doesn't always pick Amen. the best qualified person for the job. Because if he did, that person would think he was doing it. So let's say, okay, now we're in the Middle Ages. We see all that going on. When did it actually, when did they decide to uh, go to like a papal conclave? When did that happen? So the German emperor, Henry III, yes. who was a, a great reformer, yeah. wanted to get rid of nepotism and yeah. simony and sure. bad popes. He died young. And the church took advantage of that because his <laughs> son, Henry IV, was only a child. Oh my! God. And so in 1059, yeah, uh, the Pope at that time said, "You know what? We're going to have we're going to have a conclave. We're going to have the cardinals, yeah. and the cardinals are going to have the you know almost the exclusive right to elect who the Pope is." Yeah, uh, and uh, the cardinals were certain uh, uh, priests uh, from the diocese of Rome that that had this privilege. Um, and, uh, so that, that was the case then going, going forward. I mean, all the way up until today, we've, we've got the college of Cardinals. And of course that, that the number of Cardinals has varied over the centuries, mm -hmm. but still there have been influences by, by the governments, kings of right? Europe. Yeah. King. Now we even had that even in the 19, uh, the 20th century, correct? Yep. And can you yes. give an example of that? Cause I think it's, it's amazing. Cause we dodged a bullet at that time. We did. If I'm not mistaken, yep. we got Pope St. Pius X. That's right. That's right. Uh, pause at the, at the conclave. Yes. I guess this would have been, what, 1908? Uh, well, uh, before that. Okay. He did. Uh, uh, modernism was 1907. So oh, okay. So, yeah. So, uh, the, so uh, this is another interesting thing. Yeah. Sometimes cardinals were actually lay cardinals. Yeah, they had to get, okay. oh, yes. Right. And and so th this lay cardinal was representing the the the, the Austrian emperor, the, yeah. the the successor of the Holy Roman Emperor. Right. And uh, he didn't want a, a certain uh, cardinal to become to become pope. And he so even though the, the whole he, college, yeah. most of the college was leaning towards this guy, he sort of squashed the uh, the election. Isn't that and uh, instead we got we got Pope St. Pius. One X. of the greatest popes of history, in my opinion. That's right. The the the. Uh, the the hammer of heretics uh, of modern <laughs> of, of modernist uh, heretics um and uh, uh so uh, it it's uh, like you said before terry god writes straight oh, you know yeah. with with crooked lines oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um incredible Ed. But, incredible but but the important thing is that we we ought to try yeah. to have uh you know the, the, there over the years and 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 uh, Pope Benedict and, and John Paul II, they tried to eliminate this as much as they could. Yeah. You know, there's there's campaigning, there's there's uh, you know bribery. Yeah. Uh, that that's that's gone on between the, you know, horse trading between the cardinals. Wow. Yes. Julia Maloney, 
has a great book about the St. Gallen Mafia. Yes. About what went on uh, at the 2005 yep. uh, conclave, what went on at the uh, 2013 uh, conclave. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I, I just want Catholics, again, not to be scandalized, yeah. but, but to understand that, that God gave us free will. And sometimes even churchmen <laughs> can abuse that free will. Yes. But God will triumph in the end because the, the church is the spouse of Christ. Yes. Uh, and and God, Jesus loves his spouse more than any of us human husbands love their spouses. Uh, that's a great point. And, you know, God uh, gives us freedom to choose good or evil. So and many times, Ed, if you look at history, and I know you've taught me this, and I've read it in other sources, that God brings good out of evil. And in other words, some bad decisions. And then you see what happens is God can still bring the good out of it. And I think that um, that's been throughout church history. Uh, now, Ed, when we come back from the Braille, one more quick note. Ed, you for people to get your classes, I just want to give you a website, edmundmaza.com. Check out classes. He's starting some tonight, tomorrow. Just go to the website and you'll learn all about how you can go to school under Dr. Ed Mazza. And he's got my recommendation because I've learned a lot from this man over the decades of knowing him. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to talk about the history of conclaves and how popes are elected. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Ed, Ed, uh, Dr. Ed Mazza vis uh, visiting us. He's taking the place of Jesse today. Dr. Ed, you're giving us a short course on, papal, on uh, how pap the popes are elected, but I want to give one more plug uh, to your classes that you're doing, edmundmaza.com. Go to his website, sign up for these classes, because I'm giving you just a tease with a, you know an hour here on uh, the Terry and Jesse show, but you can learn a lot uh, from Dr. Ed regarding not just church history, but the saints also, Ed. You've got a great knowledge of the saints, and I think that's really the ones we need to follow. Well, uh, That's my take. You know, Terry... On that note, I'd like to bring up an example of St. Catherine of Siena. Oh, this really, is a great story. I was going to bring really, this up myself. Well, there's yes. so many things we could bring up about her. Yes. For 70 years, the popes were in Avignon, France. Isn't that instead interesting? Of, <laughs> Give us the years. What that Was that Was that 15? 14, from about 1305 okay. something yeah. to about 1376. Right. There you go. Okay. Uh, for decades, they were you know in France instead of in Rome. And where why they, didn't they go to France? To, Tell us what made them leave. That, Again, the, the French king at that time was very powerful, yep. and he actually, his, his henchmen tried to, to <laughs> a, a kidnap it's Pope a, Boniface VIII, who was no great shakes himself, no. but, <laughs> but, and then he died two weeks later from the fright of the whole thing and yep. from being roughed up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but St. Catherine of Siena, who was a, in a, basically an illiterate lay woman, this is great. Right? God. she goes to Avignon and she yeah. kept telling the, 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 the pope at that time, you've got to go back to Rome. It's yeah. your obligation to go back to Rome. So the lay people have to stand up sometimes. And as, as uh, Bishop Sheen said, right, yep. we have to get the, the bishops to act like bishops, the That's priests right. to act like priests. That's Who's going to save the church? Yep. Uh, 50 years ago, he said that. So. Yep. Uh, but then once the Pope did go back to Rome, yep. uh, he, he died. And then 
in April of 1378, the, the cardinals got together and elected his successor, Urban VI. Mm-hmm. And man, was this guy on fire. Yep. He wasn't tolerating any nepotism, any simony. And, and the cardinals said, you know what? I think we've made a mistake here. And they said, you know what? We need a do-over. <laughs> right. So in September of 1378, uh, virtually all the cardinals elected a new pope, Clement Seventh. There were, there were three Italian cardinals who abstained, but they actually accepted him yeah. as pope. Yeah. So this is an example where the universal and peaceful acceptance of a man as pope by all the cardinals does not necessarily make that man an infallible pope right. because the real pope was still alive and well right. in Rome. And St. Catherine of Siena, God bless her, she stood up and she defied the entire college of cardinals. Incredible. And she said, you are supporting an anti-pope. You are promoting the work of the devil. Wow. You should actually read I, I could send you a link what, what St. Catherine has to say yeah. about these popes and their shenanigans. And so she went to Rome to comfort Urban VI. Uh, and he actually had to create a whole new college of cardinals uh, to support him. Right. Uh, and this was the beginning of a schism that lasted 40 years. Wow. And at one point, there were actually th- three Yeah, you that's know, what I was just going to get to, the three popes. The, every, these three, how, did that, how did the church figure out at three guys saying, I'm the pope, I'm the pope, I'm the pope. That's we're not right. there yet, but it's happened. So how did that work out? Yeah. Well, one of them was actually a former pirate. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, that, and he that's was, good to know. <laughs> that's right. So there's hope for everybody. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually the Vatican recently in the last few weeks has asked scholars yeah. to submit information to them about one of these three, uh, you know, so-called popes. The His name was Pedro de Luna. Uh, and he was very stalwart and he refused to back down, even though the church over the last 600 years has considered him an anti-pope. Yes. He actually had the support of St. Vincent Ferrer. Wow. For yeah, a that, time. I read. Yep. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Vincent Ferrer thought, you know, this guy, I think he's the real pope. Sure. And, you know, Vincent Ferrer used to raise the dead. Yeah. I mean, he. he yeah, even they can, it, yeah, I know. I get it. It shows you good people can be on, you know, different okay. sides of it. Benedict here, Michel but, told us about this. I'll never forget. Father yeah. And that, that story. But in the end, to, to answer your question more directly, Terry, yeah. the, 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 again, a layperson, yeah. holy Roman emperor, uh, for, uh, uh, got together and uh, they had the, the Council of Constance. I believe that's in modern day Geneva. Mm-hmm. And basically they, they asked all the, the popes to resign. Yeah. And so the real pope, Gregory Twelfth. Uh, after some convincing, decided, yes, I'm going to resign for the good of the church. I'm going to step down so we can have a new conclave mm-hmm. and a new election and have an undisputed pope. Right. For now, the, good of the church. Mm-hmm. Spanish pope refused to step down. He was intransigent to the end. Mm-hmm. And the pirate guy, he tried to escape, but they caught him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then they what happened was Gregory XII died uh, during this process. And then in the fall of the year of our Lord, 1317, the council elected Pope Martin, Martin V. Mm-hmm. And so finally, the, the, the schism had been healed, thank, yeah. thanks be to God. But this just goes to show you that when, when, when priests and, and bishops don't act like priests and bishops, right. this is what we get. And sometimes lay people have to speak up. That's right. Because right. what did you read at the beginning of, of, of our Pope show today? Yep. Cool. Oh, as I say, and St. Paul, hate evil. 
Yep. And by the way, that's not a request. Yeah. <laughs> in the Old Testament, God says, you must hate evil. That's a command. Yep, right in Romans. Yep, yep. Ed, you know what I want to ask you, too, is we can, uh, and on a positive note, we see the, 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 the church history, and it's scandalous. So when we see scandal, I, you know, Jesse and I always talk about personal holiness, that that is the answer to problems inside the church. You be holy. You live in the presence of God. You get to the, close to the sacraments and go to confession, spend time before our blessed Lord and the blessed Eucharist. And, you know, you're not in management. We're in sales. So what we do is we continue to share the gospel in spite of bad example. And there's always been bad example. There's bad example right now when you hear what we talked about this German bishop. I mean, 15 million Germans in the last 50 years have said, I don't want to be a Catholic anymore. And because of their tax system, if they take them off, now their donations aren't going to the church. And why are these people leaving the church? I'm going to tell you, Ed, this is my take. The Protestants and the Muslims were hoping the Catholic Church would cave in on on homosexuality. I'll tell you why. Because then they can fill in that gap to tell people, hey, come over to our church. We hold the line on that. Am I on to something, Ed, or do you think I'm exaggerating? You know, sometimes it's like our Lord said about the gen- the, the Roman centurion who yeah. came to him for the healing, right? I haven't found faith like this in Israel. There you go. So there, there are times yep. when when the uh, the non-Catholics put us to shame. Yeah. But you've got it. It's all about personal holiness. Yes. Our blessed Our blessed Lady never committed a single sin. And and despite what uh, Papa Francesco says, she was never resentful. I know about what what happened to her son. Yep. Okay, but and what what did God achieve through her personal sanctification? The redemption of the world. Yeah, he he through her, we got Jesus, and through Jesus, you and I get saved. So God can 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 save us from our situation, and He will one way or another. Wow! But we have to be personally holy. That's right. Because there's. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and what if there weren't 10, 10 good people. Yeah, not too he, many. He, if there were 10 good people, he would have saved yeah. the city. We have to be those 10 good people that are trying to hold off, that trying to stave off God's punishment. Did you hear just a couple of days ago there was an Aurora Borealis? I saw your text or email. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All across Europe, this eerie red glow. Last time seen. that happened, if my understanding was 1938. Am I onto something, Ed? You're on to something, Terry. That was the, the the sign that Our Lady of Fatima exactly. gave about to take place. Yes. It, so yeah. it, it's going to get hot and heavy here. Yeah. Pretty and soon. here again, reassure yourselves, everybody, that we are here to get out. This life is short. I, I have a line from a very good saint. Are you ready for this one? It's, um, <clears throat> it's a saint who said this, uh, St. Thomas More, Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. So no matter what happens, Ed, we can have a nuclear war. If we're living in the presence of God, I mean, last Saturday was first Saturday. So my wife and I, we went to mass, holy hour, confession, prayed the rosary. I mean, I'm like, anything can happen after that. Because you know what? We're, We're living in the state of grace. See, and this is the key that Jess and I try to help with everybody. We're not just exposing air. We're giving you solutions. The solution is personal holiness. This is the call that nobody talks about with Vatican II. It was the universal call to holiness. No, no, it was this walking. No, 
So I think that it's important that all of us will stay in the state of grace. Like I'm going to ask Dr. Ed what I would ask Jesse right now. Dr. Ed, what state should we be living in, brother? State of grace. See, he knows. And <laughs> Ed, how do we do that? By staying close to the sacraments. By, by, by praying. By You know, Father Chad Ripperker's got a great video on YouTube right now on how to develop a serious prayer life. This is what we need right now, because so many of us are so frightened by the wars that are going on in Ukraine and the Middle East and wherever else uh, it's going on. Uh, that it, if, if you if you let me jump in here, yeah, Terry, it, it's like when St. Peter was on the water and our Lord said to come to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Once he took his eyes off Jesus and go. he starts looking at the He's waves up, and the sea, woo, right? Yeah, yeah. He starts going down. We got to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's it. And and that's the key that Fulton Sheen keeps saying, the daily holy hour. I mean, if you can, if your schedule allows you to make the holy hour, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not, I, I was at church this morning at our chapel, what, 515 this morning for mass at 8 a.m. Nobody bothered me until about 730. I was with our Lord. It doesn't get any better, folks, to spend time with the Eucharistic King. And just I, told Martha, Martha, you're anxious. Yeah. You're anxious. You're worried about many things. Yep. Mary here, sitting at my feet, listening to me, has chosen the better part. There you go. It's not going to be denied to her. Well said. And remember Our Lady of Fatima. Dr. Ed, you're a big promoter of Fatima. And I end every show by saying that Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. So that means every day we can make sacrifices for the salvation of souls. Yes, that's how it works, folks. So don't feel like, like, what can I do? What can I do? I'll run into my room and hide. No, you can offer up your prayers and sacrifices for the salvation of souls to help redeem the world. Dr. Ed Mazza, again, thanks for joining us. And listen, I want people to go to his website to sign up for those classes. EdMazza.com and you'll know all about all the classes he offers, church history on the saints. I guarantee you, take one class and you'll be hooked. It's like Pepsi-Cola. Take a sip and you'll drink the whole six-pack. You know why? Because it's Catholic, totally Catholic. All right, stay with us when we come back. Bishop Joseph Strickland here, America's Bishop on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to thank all of you who support us. If you'd like to make a donation, go to vmpr.org or call us at 661-972-7872. I'll personally take your donation and ask me any questions you want. May God richly bless you and your family.